Hello and welcome to Two Bros Talking Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Sam, along with my stepbrother, Travis. Uh, this is episode 10 and we've got some news in store, something tangible, something we can work with, a date that sports seems to be coming back, set in stone, hopefully. Uh, Travis, how are you? How's your week been? weekend? It's been great. It's uh, been able to get out and do something social and recreational for a change because I haven't done anything since like March 7th, um, which feels like a decade ago, but it was three months ago. Um, but this week was great in terms of sports news. Pretty excited about it, like you, uh, like you mentioned. Um, ready for things to happen, man. It's coming up. I think we all are. I think we all are. And just to dive into it, I, I like the structure that we've gone through in the last couple of weeks of going and addressing each league one by one by one and talking about the news that's come out. And so let's go right into – let's not even – beat around the bush here let's go right into probably the most active as far as news um with a game plan format place to play date and time the nba um try why don't you update us about what we're going to see here in the next coming months what we're excited to see and uh we'll dive a little more into details about that certainly uh so casual armchair fan most likely got all the news from woes or shams um I, I'm gonna be honest with you, I didn't even read the actual official thing from the NBA. Um, so that's where we're at. But can we make it, a quick a quick guess on who Woj's like does he have like just a best friend? There's got like 30 something best friends that are just like implanted. Just as peeps. There's gotta be someone who is out there in the NBA who is able to just like tell him like he's like I'm the tiger tracker. Of I'm the assuming NBA. he has someone everywhere, someone in every organization, someone clearly in the actual league office. Um, or whether it's like, I don't even know who makes up the NBA board of governors. Cause that's kind of been the thing they're going to vote on it. Maybe he just knows one of the, I guess, governors on the board of governors. Right. Um, well, we were digress, but yes, yes, we have an, another Woj bomb before anybody else has <laughs> got to it. So I don't know. Uh, anyways, 22 teams. We got 13 from the West, nine from the East. Basically the way they looked at it is teams in the West that were, had a potential chance based off the schedule before the league shut down to make the playoffs and the one team in the East being the Wizards. Um, otherwise, the rest of the teams in the East are shit. So they weren't even worth considering. Um, Kid show. Yeah, it's, yeah, basically. <laughs> um, and so it's funny. Was it like, that must mean there's only yeah, two teams in the West that didn't make it. Like, how bad do you think those teams feel? Um, but who cares? You suck that bad, you don't get a chance to play. Um, basically, so 22 teams are going to play eight games based off the remainder of their schedule. Um, kind of go from the date they shut down forward. If a team they're playing is not um, playing due to the fact that they're not good enough to play, they'll just kind of move on to the next uh, opponent on their schedule. Um, there will be obviously some logistical hoops to figure out there. If a team, you know, they're, they're trying to figure out eight games, but those eight games will largely determine seating. I mean, some teams like, you know, the top of the bracket, they're stuck in where they're, they're going to be. Um, but ultimately what will happen is you could see some shuffling, especially particularly in the West where there's so many teams kind of bunched four through eight there, there's a lot can happen. You know, East is a little bit different, but from a Celtics perspective, just thinking of a hometown team, it's really going to affect their playoff and who they're going to play. I mean, they, if it's started today, they would have been playing Philadelphia. Could potentially play Indiana. I mean, Miami would have to do a lot to follow the sixth seed, but it's yeah. going to affect we'll, And we'll, we'll dive into those, but let's start from the bottom up. You know, we'll, we'll make our way to the, the Celtics and, and some of the top teams here in a moment. 
Um, it, it seems to me, at least, it's pretty clear that this whole structure was made to get Zion Williamson in the playoffs. Let's be pretty, uh, let's address the elephant in the room, um, which I'm excited about. Also, yes, there has been a huge shift in power in the West. And yes, it is slowly starting to make its way back to the East. But I agree, the nine and then obviously the 13 in the West was, um, it made sense to me. Uh, that being said, uh, can you address the teams that are in the bottom of each, each one, what they might have to do to get to the next, um, you know, get, get into that first round of the playoffs. Again, Certainly. this is going to be an eight-game play-in, essentially, based on the, the records and, and what they did um, during the season. So please address that. Teams that have a chance, teams that might not have a chance, and uh, we'll go from there. Well, if we start with the East, uh, you get the Wizards. I don't know if John Wall will come back to play. He's, he claims he's 100% healthy. You have this huge, you have this interesting situation where someone like the Brooklyn Nets, KD already came out and said, my season's over, I'm not playing. Up in the air, we talked about this last week. Do we think Kyrie's going to come back and play? Maybe. I don't know. I don't know if it's even worth it for them to play at this point. They're not winning a championship, let's be real. Um, but the East, you know, John Wall comes back. That creates a whole different game. He says he's as healthy as he's ever been, and he's always been perpetually hurt. Um, so, I mean, it will be interesting to see if he can actually get out there, but that's one team in the East. Then you move to the West. We talked about Zion. Pelicans have a great team. It's not just Zion. We talked last week about Lonzo and how well he's been doing. Um, so, I mean, it's super exciting for him to get in the playoffs and kind of see what can happen. Um, Kings, I, I, I don't know. They're there, but I don't think they're they're not going to make it. Real team I want to see, and we talked and we briefly talked about it, but is Portland. Dame Lillard. I mean, Portland's the only team that actually voted for this proposal to not go through, which is interesting. Um, but that's a team that, you know, given the, the proposed format, I, I didn't look at their schedule. They could have a murderous row if they need to play. Um, but you can't count out Dame Lillard in a playoff game. That dude is my favorite. I, we talked about this last week because my favorite player to watch the NBA is Dame Lillard. Um, so I don't know if they can catch up to her, uh, the Grizzlies where they're at. But and, and another part, and kind of divulging a little more, another part of this proposed format is – Basically, if you're within four games of the eight seed, um, you'll basically play a playing game, if you will. Meaning, if you're within four games, it's a you know one-off. If they're there, you might have to beat them twice or once. So it's kind of like a playing game situation for the eight seed. Um, so these eight games, when they come back, are going to be super competitive. Unless you're up at the top with Milwaukee or the Lakers, where you're kind of going to coast, but it's also getting ready for playoff basketball. It's going to be really, really, really competitive. So... I'm excited. It's going to be great. It's going to be entertaining television. Uh, we yeah, talked about yeah. last week. Even going further, we talked. We, I think you and I have talked at various points on this podcast, like, what are they going to do? I hope they don't pump in crowd noise, personally. I don't know if you saw they were talking about using NBA 2K to pump in crowd noise. I think that would be stupid. Um, I would love to see these guys mic'd up, man. I, if they're dropping F-bombs because it's competition, like, you're watching. You know they're going to swear. It's, if you're playing pickup basketball, you're probably swearing at people. Um, so that to me is the most exciting component. The only thing, and I was actually talking about this with my fiance and just kind of showing her what the structure looked like. How are they set up the benches? To me, it's like, you almost want to put them diagonally. If there's no fans, just like put one team on one, you know, one cross court section and then put the other team in the other cross court section, because hey guys, let's stop talking. Let's hear what they're actually saying in the huddle. What are they going to do for a play? You know what I mean? Like there's no noise. Yeah. So yeah, I, don't know. I, I, I do agree. Maybe they can make a way that it's obviously more accessible to fans and you're not paying an arm and a leg just to get access to it. 
but maybe you get similar to how ESPN um, has been doing some of these uh, documentaries where it's like TV 14 and TV mature stuff like that. Cause you understand that even when it's going to be quiet, you're going to get sound bites. You're going to get things like that. Um, anything to help uh, up the product for sure. And I think it's a great way, you know, an already worldwide popular sport like basketball to even take more steps in that direction. Um, let's move up the, the sides. As you mentioned, the eight seeds, hey, there's some potential drama that goes there. Um, similar to like the NCAA, like you mentioned um, in our conversation, where it's, hey, it's a little play, on, play in and see what happens. Um, there's some excitement there from the start. Well, there are some, some teams that are pretty well-established, again, with the carryover from the regular season to now. Um, as a Celtics fan, let's dive into this. And the Celtics, um, we see them in sort of a – maybe not quite a win-win, but I don't see any losses that could potentially happen just Even because a, of how – Even A has them coming out of the East. Well, well here's so, – so let's, let's talk about this. So um, should we go based on the text conversation we were having? So the, the Celtics are in, a, in a, a really cool position, a unique position that might favor them getting out of this, this uh, six or the Sixers seating, as well as maybe a, a potential draft pick uh, scenario that comes out of this. So do you want to address both, both those angles? Yeah, so seating-wise, the Celtics are in a spot where – realistically, they're not going to get down to the four seed. They were kind of locked into that three seed. They're th- I believe they're three games behind Toronto. So things need to I mean, they need to play really well to start to kind of potentially catch Toronto, and Toronto needs to not do so well. Miami, they, I mean, they talked about this middle of the week from a Celtics perspective. Even if Celtics go like four and four to start, Miami would have to go seven and one just to send a realistic chance of catching them with that three seed. So they're kind of locked in there. Perfect world, they go 10-0, and 0 and Toronto goes like, four and six and someone they catch him. It's not going to happen, but um, it, who knows? These guys haven't played basketball in almost three months here. Anything can happen. Jason Tatum exactly. talked about he didn't shoot a basketball for like two months, um, which he's never he's done. Put the golf, he's got to put the golf clubs down for a little bit here. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I don't know if anyone follows Jason Tatum on Snapchat, but he's all about the golf right now. Not not the greatest swing, but it's pretty, pretty, pretty robotic. Um, but he's also like 6'10", so I can't imagine swinging the golf club. <laughs> Um, <laughs> kind of be custom clubs. So thinking about it from a Celtics perspective, they're kind of in a position where, you know, they can come play, play as competitively as they want to to start. They could come out and like play as hard as they want, or they could kind of really coast and like make sure their players are fully healthy, but they're game ready and, you know, ready to play come yeah. around the playoffs where it counts. Maybe get some of their bench role players more playing time. Yeah. And like, like it might be a good time for, Stevens to kind of figure out what do we, I mean, we've seen what we have through 63 games or whatever it was, but like, let's finish and let's figure out our playoff rotation. It might change based off matchups, but these are our nine guys, eight, nine guys we're going to roll with, you know, first time all year, the Celtics can have their kind of murderer's row, death row lineup healthy. They could realistically mm. roll out Kemba, Smart, Brown, Tatum, and Hayward, random ass lineup, super small. But they haven't had that all year when, you know, watching it throughout the year. They never had those five guys healthy for a consistent amount of time to see what that can do. Um, and so, then another storyline we're going to have to follow based out of all this, and it's out of their control, uh, which is fine, meaning they don't really have to worry about it. But it could be advantageous um, if, you're, if you're following along with the, the, the Grizzlies. So Memphis has um, – I think we talked about this a long time ago – has um, – 
been playing way better than expected, um, first and foremost. And what that had to do with the Celtics is that they actually – the Celtics um, have that draft stipulation, that pick um, this, yeah. this year as far as lottery goes. And so there is a chance that Memphis could fall into um, the lottery if they don't get into that first round of the playoffs. And so do you want to talk about that? Yeah, and lottery odds look very different this year. I mean, if you're like the worst team in the lottery, and by that I mean – well, not the worst team. If you're the 14th team in the lottery – you're most likely getting the 14th pick. The statistical chance of you to jump up in the top three is like bar none. You're not going to get it. But for the Celtics' perspective, right now, if the season had ended, they would be on the 17th pick. Not a huge difference, but like the draft is a crapshoot, man. I mean, look at like Giannis, 13th pick. Devin Booker, 13th pick. Celtics got like Kelly Olynyk that year. Terrible pick. Uh, well, not terrible pick, but 14 versus 17, that's two more players you kind of like, you know, you know you can potentially get versus, you know, they might be gone by 17 because the three teams ahead of you got them. Um, so very small things, but like, especially we talked about this last week and briefly, you know, we talked about this outside of the podcast. This year in particular, especially with the way the salary cap is going to change, and this, this obviously is kind of a different tangent, but with the way the salary cap could potentially change with the news coming out that, you know, a foregone conclusion that Jason Tatum is going to get a max contract next summer. They're going to be a tax team. So, like, you know, Gordon Hayward could be gone by next season, at the end of next year. Kemba will still be here. Jalen Brown, the team's going to kind of rebuild around Jalen and uh, Jason Tatum. And you think about that, you, I think they're going to kind of have to go the way the Bucks have built their roster, where they've surrounded someone like Giannis, who's obviously a generational player, but was shooting. Just like really good three-point shooting. Chris Middleton obviously is kind of like a, you know, it's like you could kind of compare them in terms of, you know, Giannis and Chris Middleton, Mia Tatum and Brown, very different players, but kind of similar concept where you get three draft picks this year and then that kind of well of draft picks the Celtics have had for the last six, seven years that, you know, it's the Nets pick, it's the Kings pick, it's the Grizzlies pick. That shit's gone. You got basically a pick that's going to be probably 22 to 30 every single year. So the odds of you landing a you know an impact talent that time is it's a real freaking crapshoot unless you're the Spurs because somehow the Spurs always find those guys late in the draft they're <laughs> unbelievable at it. Um, but this year you got three swings of the three swings of that man. You got to make sure you get one to two players who can be even if it's a seventh eighth guy come in you know hit two threes a game three threes a game. That's a really important role when you know probably moving forward as a Celtics fan. Jason Jason Brown Jalen or Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, most likely getting you a combined like sixty points a night, in my opinion. Right. Kemba's probably getting you another twenty-five. So there's there's eighty-five well, and, points and, a night. And and therein lies, as you said, the significance and the importance of a difference between fourteen and a seventeen. You know, is that again you have three chances ahead to make that right call. Hey, maybe at the the very best you just find a role player, as you said, who can hit those three pointers off or isn't going to be a starting five guy, but is going to be solid in their role um, as a bench guy. Uh, or who knows? You do get, as you said, mentioned some of those players. You do find yourself a gem and somebody who a lot of times you pick some of these guys who the talent is there. Maybe they, they haven't um, reached that, you know, that, that potential quite yet, but they're, not, they're put into a really great situation where they're not expected to run the team right away. They're not expected to, um, 
you know, have to put that pressure on themselves. So they, they really feel like, Hey, when basketball is my job and this is my, my, my sport, I, I can master my skills. I can do that stuff. All your time is onto that. Plus you're in a situation that's already instilling a winning culture that has the superstars as in, again, Jason Tatum, uh, Brown, again, the money makers of the team and, and maybe Gordon will be there. I think we both talked about how there's probably going to be a, a it'd probably be tough to turn down the money, but if he did want to do that, again, it just opened up the space to maybe build around a little more role. So who knows? You might get some more, um, you know, star, star power that's built out of that. A um, couple things I do want to maybe uh, some of the extras that you don't really think about. Uh, one is I wanted to ask, we were just talking about lottery. How about all of these teams that aren't playing? Um, you know, there's, there's, I'm sure from the, the, you know, you get, you ask players like the Warriors or people who are just in the bottom cellar. Hey, for them, it doesn't make much sense to, uh, you know, come back and stuff. But at the same time, do you think there would be potential for the league to, I know there've been uh, some talks and some murmurs about potentially maybe finding something on the side to help players just get in the building get some development going, maybe play some not meaningful games, but play in some games that are under coaching and under organizational uh, eyes. Yeah. And obviously, I mean, it's the NBA. So they're, they're thinking about all these things. I think that priority is probably a little bit lesser than getting, you know, the actual league back and finishing the season. Um, but you've already seen reports that those, you know, those eight teams could form like a, or just have like, you know, midsummer training camps, um, regional quote-unquote leagues I don't think that's feasible because it just involves more planning around the COVID situation and like getting these teams in one location um but I could see you know uh undetermined amount of time or length training camp maybe multiple training camps you know you, you come in for two weeks and then you're done for a month and a half you're back for two weeks um I'd say if there's any positive in this situation for those teams is that at least they can move forward with a little more set in stone. Um, so whether that's, you know, being able to know what it's going to look like for them um, for scouting and for player, you know, development, organizational meetings, things like that, um, as far as drafting. And it helps the, the, the prospects that are supposed to be in this draft, you know? Yeah. That's um, the other thing we can kind of briefly talk about is the NBA's timeline now. Um, so the long and short of it with this proposal, they kind of basically have set in stone when the draft lottery will be, which will be sometime, I think it's August 25th. Um, I don't even know what day that is. I'm, I'm, clearly basketball will still be happening at that point. They'll kind of be in, I don't know, maybe the second round of the playoffs. Uh, it'll probably only be the first round of the playoffs at that point. Um, but then the, the, basically the last day that the NBA will happens is that it'll be the 12th of October. NBA draft, I think, is proposed to be the, what, the 19th of October, so a full week after that date. And then they propose that they want to have the NBA start again by December 1st. Don't see that happening. Um, you know, it should give most teams, you know, at least two months off. But if you're in the finals, say you do go to October 12th, you're off for a month and a half. Clearly is a back end where they haven't played basketball for three months and some change. So there has been some time off, but that's semantics that to figure out. Um, but it just changes the whole schedule and have the whole, like, you figure the guys that they're drafting haven't played a meaningful game. Mm-hmm. on film and when did when did college basketball end? shit i mean march february well, yeah. March. yeah exactly so these guys haven't played any meaningful basketball in what seven months mm. so um, yeah you know and then and that's that's 
a huge point. So that's where a difference of a 13 to 17 could be um, a huge leap, you know, much, much bigger in a, in a sense than the three spots is actually looks like on paper. A um, couple other things just to note that this is all happening in uh, Florida. This is all happening in the, yes. the Disney we complex. We, we talked about that last week, but it's officially we'll going to happen. This, this week, we're probably going to see more as far as, you know, facility, things like that goes. Um, I thought it was very interesting. You know, it, hey, this is, these guys are real human beings. This is real life. And uh, it'll be very interesting to see as far as how they plan with hotels and suite availability and um you know hey these guys are again like i said human beings who need to do things so they're going to be allowed to as long as they're social distancing and practicing the safe things that are um the league is asking them to do hey they might want to go play around a golf they might do these things uh their families i don't know how they're going to regulate that I like know. i mean i don't know what the course situation looks like i'm assuming there's a lot of did like golf courses around the Orlando area i would assume at least three there's um, a lot but I don't know, like, is it going to be a guy specifically assigned? All right, you're, you're, you're golf manager. You, you, have to, yeah. you have to call oh, you, say, I want to play. You make tea times. You make the, the oh, pairings. Yeah, you got to think. Restaurants and things like that. Like, there's going to be guys who's like, hey, I know this isn't your job But that's title, the level is- of nuance that this league is going to have to think about. Like, that's a minor thing unrelated to even the actual and I, I will give uh, Brian Winhurst, uh, Winhurst, he he does address a lot of these things. And I do appreciate when he does it to get you just thinking along these, these, uh, these storylines, you know, because these are things that the league has had to go into depth with in formulating a format and a date in, in which to do this. Um, so it's beyond just the product and what's happening on the court. If anything, that's probably what they feel most confident about. Um, and then family members. Uh, are not going to be able to um, attend until after the first round of playoffs. So you couple in the eight games to finish the season, first round of playoffs. You're looking maybe, what, six, seven weeks after that is? So Yeah, so that, um, that will be challenging for a lot of families, especially those who have a lot of kids. But, like, you know, these guys are itching to play basketball again. Oh, man. so bad. You know, just as – yeah, I can't imagine with the excitement that we have just to ready to, to, to experience it and watch it and just take in history. Um, I can't imagine how these players are going to be feeling about this as well. Ready to run um, through a brick wall. Exactly. I'll, I'll, run for, I'll run through it for them. Um, is there anything else you wanted to touch on this? Otherwise, I'd like to, to keep moving and, and switching, uh, switching gears here. No, I mean – I'm just uh, just hopeful for Jason Tatum's coming out party officially official, even though this whole season's kind of been that for him. But let's put the crown so, on it in the playoffs. Well, we talk about Jason Tatum. Now, as I switch gears to the NHL, uh, similar with like someone like David Pasternak that I hope he can do that same magic, that same Boston magic to, to bring over the momentum that he was, he was carrying all year with him, um, which he very well should, uh, especially with a healthy team. But let's go to the NHL. So this is someone – this is a league that came out first with the format. They agreed on the format. We've touched base on this. Um, we've still yet to see the, the timeline of how but, – but it feels like we're getting close. Um, but we have some cool uh, details as far as how, you know, with the seeding of the playoffs, how that's going to look like. So, uh, Travis, catch us up on what the format was, how many teams involved, and then – the, re- the reseeding after each round, what that's going to potentially do, what that might look like. Certainly. So we talked about last week how the NHL basically set their thing up 
um, in their format and how boring Gary Bettman wants to listen, talk about it. Um, but basically what it'll be is that 24 teams coming back, top four teams in the entire conference, so East-West, um, will basically play a three-game round robin to determine the one through four seed. So Bruins, 10 points, clear and above any team in the East. Kind of got the shit out of the stick because now they need to kind of play three games, and that'll determine whether they're that one seed, regardless of how good they were this year, or their four seed. That being said, from there, 5 through 12 will kind of, you know, inverse matchup, 5 through 12, 6 through 11, yada, yada, yada. Um, Five-game series, then move into the first round. So that'll kind of get your, your four opponents to meet the other four guys in the first round of the playoffs. Biggest thing that came out this week, they're reseeding every single round. So it's more important than ever to want to get that one seed because realistically you could play the shittiest team left all three rounds until you get to the finals, you know? Well, actually, really, the first two. Um, but that's important, you know, versus playing, you know, one versus eight. You could be one, and it could be that the Montreal Canadiens, who are a 12 seed, somehow won, but they're now the eight seed. So that's even a lesser opponent than playing either Columbus or Toronto, which before this was announced, and the Bruins hypothetically got the one seed. That's what they were looking at as an opponent. So it does create more intrigue. It almost it, it creates – it is interesting. I don't think they'll – like the NBA has talked about this, reseeding. I don't think the NHL will ever carry it forward, but during the perfect time, why is it like there's not enough or as much backlash from NHLPA versus the NBAPA where, like, cool, it, it benefits the teams that have done well before this season shut down, um, that you're going to get a chance to kind of play the worst team and kind of have an easier path to the finals. Um, so that does make it interesting. I will say I, I am I am happy with how the Bruins and, and Cassidy and how, how they've come out and responded to um the rules you know it is what it is um that's really they aren't they're they're not going to deny that they're not you know obviously unlike the nba where you're getting carryover um yeah it positioned you into that top four but uh you know there really isn't much carryover for the actual absolute dominance they were bringing to that seat this past season um and so yeah you have to acknowledge that yeah would you have rather had it been a little bit different maybe point carryover sure but the reality of the situation is you know I had a college base my my college baseball coach always said a great you know when we're playing in tournaments or um you know double elimination regional times came around and, and hey maybe you dropped a game okay now now we can simplify now it's you all you can do is win that's your only option let's take out any scenario anything like that just win the next game. So maybe that just helps simplify the mentality. Say, Hey, you were the best team for so long. Prove it. Now you guys are still the best team. You're healthy. Let's go prove it. And uh, you know, again, that one seed uh, could make a huge difference for the, at least the first two rounds. As, as you said, then you, you start playing competition that um, really was expected to be in those later rounds of the playoffs. But um so that's what we have for the format goes. Uh, anything else in in uh, in? No, they still ones? they still haven't announced anything really in terms of a time frame. NBA obviously kind of made the date for July thirty first. Um, I think NHL obviously said training camps can't begin before July tenth, but if they start July tenth, I'm assuming they'll come back right around July thirty one too. Um, or their time frame is probably going to be very similar to the NBA. The only thing different is that they're operating in two hub cities. So those have yet to be determined. We talked about them briefly last week. Um, I don't remember the list because I don't really care one way or the other just where they're playing. <laughs> but um, that hasn't come out yet. So it's now, what, June? We're recording now. It's June 7th. 
Um, I think that something will come out maybe a week after, but um, like we've talked about along week to week, more and more is going to come out. So hopefully that comes out soon. The biggest thing with them is, is testing and they need to figure that out too. Um, I think they did say that players are going to get tested every single night. They'll know the next day right away who has it. Don't report to the arena, man. You got COVID. Stay out. Um, I think the NBA will do the same exact format. Yeah, I know they've been in talks. Uh, at least I've saw, I've seen with the NBA um, how to address you know injured players or affected players and, and contractual wise, all those different types of things. So again, they're going down to the minute details. Um, as they need to, and as they I mean, should. did you see the? Did you, and this is we're we're talking about minute details and injured players and stuff. But like, just thinking about the NBA, NHL. I don't know how you do it, but NBA, it's like players on the bench sit six feet apart. You're not dressed. You're in the stands, probably twelve feet apart. Um, which to me doesn't. I mean, yes, it makes sense, but at the same time, they're all been tested. They're all not positive. Why do they need to sit six feet apart? Is it? Is this? Isn't this going to be like? Um... It just when we remember we grew up, we had a uh, there was a sports complex that one of our friends owned. For a while, it was hockey and um, and soccer fields indoors, and then it turned into a basketball. And so AAU came out. I don't know. I I, I look at all of these videos of like AAU tournaments, things like that. And it's like it, I just imagine empty gym, you know, players, even though they are on the bench but they kind of are just going to look like they're lounging in the the stands yeah. <laughs> so they're just going to be hanging out like an au and the next team is getting ready to play and they're just kind of like hanging out or like when we played hockey uh tournaments and we were the next game and we had time to kill our whole team would just kind of go out and chill in the, the, the stands um in fact these guys will just be in the game but it's like coach you have to look up to the fifth row and be like hey you're getting your, your time to check in so uh, and that's another think, thing to look at. I, they're, they're I don't think we can stress, and like we've obviously talked predominantly NBA and NHL, and that's because there are two leagues that tangibly have sports coming back. We briefly touched about NFL. As of right now, should happen in September unless things change. Um, but yeah, we'll everything it. for NFL is on schedule um, until it's not. So correct. But I, I, I just don't think we can even begin to fathom what this is going to look like and how different, but yet so interesting and so cool at the same time that you're going to just have basically quiet arenas and, and, you know, courts, cheat device, just, you're going to have this, hear the sounds of players, skates ripping in the ice, you know, shoes squeaking, balls hitting, you know, backboards, all that. It's going to, it's going to be so different. I don't know how they're and, going to do it. But. Well, that's what, well, that's what I hope is, you know, and, and I'll, I'll say it here is just, I hope everyone really appreciates um, you know, not, not necessarily the whole situation um, that's led us to this point, but, you know, the, the work that they're doing to get it back and to some uh, level of, you know, again, bring a conclusion to, to some, some sports and stuff. So all of the work that's been to see a product that we may never, ever see again. And so that's where my hope is maybe with miking up players, things like that. Hey, you take advantage of, um, you know, you do the best you can. You make lemonade out of the, the lemons you're given. Um, but yeah, this is, I feel like this is going to be unlike anything we've ever seen before. So the sp- sports purists to um, even people who don't even care about sports. Uh, I think it'd be really fun just to tune in and just know that this is the first time this is ever happening. And uh, we don't know what's going to happen. We don't, we have zero clue what's going to happen. So we can, we can literally watch and enjoy and not take it for granted. 
I can tell right now, Vegas is probably pumped because they're going to have shit the bed on again. <laughs> Vegas, man. Um, now, uh, we just talked about, you know, NFL. We don't really have to log back into that. We're just kind of waiting for any, um, you know, we're just kind of waiting date-wise for the normal time frame to come. And so we get that. Uh, we can talk about MLB, who have been some – chatter and conversations i'm not even sure if you'd call them conversations as far as back and forth from the league I know the players union it's just, they're just they're just throwing out they're just throwing out here's like your hey, proposal. Let's try this. here's my proposal we don't even talk about a middle ground all right screw you here's my other proposal well that's they're it they're running and, out of time man I, I think they're running out of time i think there's they're in a lose-lose situation where hey if you do agree upon something and there are no fans and you're, you're going to be running and you, you're just waiting to find out what date you're going to start to lose money as far as the play, than, as far as the league goes. Certainly. More than any other sport, based, and we talked about this, and I mean, we talked about like the casual armchair fan watching a game on TV. And, you know, you obviously grew up playing baseball and I did too, but you played in college, you know, you can watch every single pitch. But more than any other sport in American sports, MLB is based off of like, I'm going to the ballpark to watch a game, have a hot dog, drink a couple beers, watch nine innings of baseball. Otherwise, what the hell is happening, man? It's, you know, it's, yeah, you're going to lose so much revenue just based off that. I mean, TV ratings, granted, they're probably locked into contracts, but I mean. Well, it's, 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 it's inevitable that they're going to lose money from whatever game they play, from revenue that's not coming in from fans, from all the things, the jobs that it brings in, the marketing, all those things like that. Um, but the issue is, you know, a big part of it's money. I don't want to put blame on the players. I don't want to put blame on the owners. You know, there is a compromise. Every relationship, it's not a one-way road. It's a at least meet halfway type thing. Sure. And I don't think there's any desire on either side right now to do that. My, um, my biggest thing, and, and this is, I mean, this is a conversation we have at a different point in time, but thinking about how the Major League Baseball works, you figure these guys who are making a shit ton of money are in like, what, you can't sacrifice $40 million um, instead make $7 million? Well, no, because for seven years, you've had to go to arbitration to like get your money. You've been on your team, like Chris Bryant, the whole situation, no one really knows about him, but like he got mm-hmm. screwed out of a year of this earning power because they kept him in the minors until like a certain cutoff date. The MLB is structured in such a way that like you kind of suck, you're in the Major League Baseball, it's great. But you financially, your earning power is pretty shot until you hit free agency where you can get that massive freaking contract. So I don't well, blame I think the it's guys also, who there's truth there's truth on both sides. But I think there's it's really you know, if you're trying to understand the position that these these guys who from all logis, you know, logistical standpoint, from our standpoint perspective, it'd be like, oh, what's uh, you know, like you said, what's that drop? You're still making millions. Well, you see what's happening with the MLB uh, minor league system right now. And these guys who can, first off, are barely getting paid um, to begin with. They're having a terrible, you know, it's a, it's a rough life in the minors. And that can go be said for a lot of other sports, maybe baseball uh, most. And these guys are, are being told they're not going to get paid, not going to get a, it, it, the only thing that's keeping them going is the dream to playing in the major leagues. And so I do think at some level, these guys who are making these monster contracts are, whether you believe it or not, are there to take steps forward um, 
for the the good of the game. So there is truth to both sides of the coin right now. Um, yeah, it's just a really difficult thing. And the longer this takes, the, the, the less and less likely. Every single day, today's the seventh. Tomorrow is going to be less like, likely chance that. Yeah, I mean, the initial proposal was July 1 to start the season. I mean, you're shit three and a half weeks away from that with no real clear format, safety measures, place to play. Any of that stuff has come out whatsoever. So. I mean, and, and baseball of, is not is not like the NHL and the, and the NBA where they can play, you know, four preseason or four round robin games and be ready to go. These pitchers need a full off, you know, full preseason. And in many cases now, it's they need another spring training. So who knows how they've been going about their their training? A lot of them are probably doing it just as business, but their bodies, hey your body's used to doing something for so long that you change it up you change the routine and, and you're going to increase the likelihood that something might happen. And um, so pitching players, you know, Hey, you want a great product. You got to get a bat. You got to get these guys more, you know, the, if anything is a, the law of ratio um, it's baseball, you know, you can fail hey. three, you know, seven times out of 10 and still be an all-star. So Correct. these guys need a bat. They need, they need some reps. From a Red I mean, from a Red Sox perspective, Chris Sale getting Tommy John surgery couldn't look any better right now because there might not be a season for him to miss. Well, that um, we saw Chris Archer out with another, you yeah, know, another done. thoracic outlet syndrome. Um, he's done till twenty twenty one. If you know, as much as I, maybe not as strongly, but I do. Uh, the the whole off season terrible for baseball with with the Astros and and yes, the Red Sox to an extent with their. Um, yeah you know, their relation, but Hey, if you're the Astros, again, I don't say anything they did was right. And I do, I do believe they needed to be punished, but if anything, this is probably one of the best case scenarios for the Astros. They're definitely Um, out of the national conversation. That's for sure. You know, the league definitely did not put in uh, the, the, the punishment that they laid down that due to COVID coming up, uh, that this would have to take no, you know, yeah. there's no fine. AJ Hinch, on that. this season doesn't. Well, it counts too for him if he misses. Well, that's it. what I'm saying. You know, they're out of the league, and with the the running memory of uh of us, you know, you're like, what what did they? What happened last year? You know, uh, so that's that's what we know about the MLB. It's not looking good in my eyes. Um, I uh, I don't know. As I said, I think what hurt them most is that they didn't start the season. They had played yep. a few weeks or couple months into the season maybe we'll be talking a different story wanting to get it done um because it didn't start you know the craziest thing about this and this is again unrelated as we kind of wind down here Mookie Betts could never play in a Dodgers uniform ever oh biggest trade from a Red Sox perspective biggest trade but he could never because he's basically a free agent this year still a terrible time counts my eyes but yeah bad trade um uh, yeah, but nonetheless, never be first time counts, man. They could, he could go anywhere. Hey, Cali, Cali, Cali uh, is reporting. They're ready for it. They're ready for you know major league games and sports. So, um, you know, this is something we're gonna have to still be patient. Um, something be might excited. come out, but it's not looking great. Yeah. Um, as far as the major sports, I think I'm good covering those. Uh, anything else you can think of? I know PGA uh, is getting things kind of kicked off again. Um, which let's be honest, yeah, the fans and the, the the roars and stuff are fun, but if there's any sport that's not going to be affected, and if not 
maybe yeah. possibly affected by not having the distractions or the, the chance of noises and camera phones going off. It's like, it's, it's golf. Um, so yeah, golf, you, just, you do kind of wonder, obviously there's a competitive nature of it, but I mean, I do feel like that kind of adds to, you know, having the gallery there behind a tee mm-hmm. shot or a big putt, it adds to the drama. And like, I think some of these guys live for that shit. Like the, the, waiting, the you know, fist that, pump. that fist pump, imagine that fist pump moment with no fans there. That's not a freaking fist bump moment. That's just like, you all right, man, I Tiger did it. Woods, even though people forget. So Tiger Woods in, uh, I forget, 2009, was it? Um, anyways, where he chipped in on yeah. uh, 15? 15. I don't know. No, 16. The par three at Augusta. He chipped in, and it was the one where it stopped at the cup, went in, and the place erupted. Never forget, he bogeyed back-to-back holes to go to playoff. That He did win, but he should never got to that point. But that chip in without any fans would have been like, this is cool, but like, all right, whatever. <laughs> Go pick your ball out of the hole and move on to the next one, man. It's what I'm saying. So, yeah. Um, the emotions. The emotions is what makes sports great. And that's why, miles. again, as, as we do kind of wrap up here, I think that's why people need to appreciate the fact that NBA and NHL come back with playoffs where, yes, there are no fans. That does add to the drama and excitement, but like, there's something on the line for these guys. Like, if they mic these guys up, you're going to hear that with the cussing, with the competitive words coming out. Like, you're going to hear that level of probably animosity as it relates to the NHL. Right. All that stuff. So, pretty exciting, man. Pretty exciting. Absolutely. So, um, I think we're, we've covered a lot today. There's a lot for uh, you, the listeners, maybe to take in. And, and go and research your own. Um, obviously, we're going to be listening throughout this week because I have a good feeling there's some more timelines coming out, some more details as far as facilities go, and as far as players reporting and, and starting to play. So things are going to start to heat up. Things are going to start to get exciting. Um, so, yeah, I'm excited for our 11th episode coming up this next weekend because I think there's going to be some really cool storylines to touch on. Um, but until then, anything you want to leave us with before I say goodbye? No, man, let's, you know, it's going to be, it's going to be weird come July 31st when it's probably like the hottest time of the year, especially New England, at least, and California is probably even worse. Um, but like, we're going to be inside watching sports. <laughs> we're not going to be at a sports bar, that's for sure. I don't know about California. I know Massachusetts, you will not be at a sports bar. Um, <laughs> well, well, we, we appreciate every one of you listening. This was Two Brothers Talking Sports Podcast, episode 10. We made it to double digits, Travis. Congratulations. Uh, Thanks for listening with us. We'll talk to you next week.